0: Mental health and suicide can be challenging topics to talk about, especially with young people. Unseen is an award-winning short film that has been created specifically for that purpose. The film and accompanying resources were created to help you have a hopeful conversation with someone who is struggling. Unseen has been shown to thousands of young people across the U.S. and Ireland and sparked countless positive conversations leading to openness and vulnerability. Download the film and resources for free at unseenfilm.org. Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T O R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at Our Lady, Queen of Peace, House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, Evangelizing Catholic Culture the teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. You can find today's episode 19, Joy in Loving God's Will, on Evangelizing EvangelizingCatholicCulturePodcast.com. And now, here's Father David.
1: Good day to everyone, brothers and sisters. It's a great thing to live in the joy of the gospel and to take advantage of all the wonderful things that God provides for us in our lives. And today we're going to look at uh, the second uh, understanding of the joy of doing God's will. And we're going to look at the different specifics that relate to what we need to deal with in that process of learning more how to grow in doing God's will more completely in our personal lives. Before we look at the practical tools of discerning God's will in a given situation, I think it would be useful to develop an awareness or atmosphere of this worldliness we spoke about in the first presentation in Contemporary Society, a list of worldly practices or issues which project a negative spirit of worldliness, which we need to become free from and transformed into love and walking in the light of Jesus. Within the context of our affluent society, some of us may carry a deep-seated attitude of entitlement. In our life as a church, as Catholics, some refer to that title and its specific elements as clericalism among the clergy and also among the laity. It could go something like this. When I want something, I need to get it, I deserve it, and I want it now. And I should be able to do whatever it takes to get it. After all, we live in a land of freedom, and I should be able to get what I want when I want it, even if some people are inconvenienced a little by my action or that I need to control them. Why why should I sacrifice and serve others? After all, it takes everything I have, and I'm so busy, to spend time worrying about other people's situations. Some of my friends think I'm narcissistic because I always look to my needs first. Brothers and sisters, we live in an anxious, worrisome, stress-filled society. And some of us are so busy because we have so many things and projects to accomplish. Down deep inside, I feel that unless I do all these things, I won't feel happy, or I won't be successful, or I won't be self-fulfilled. One time a teacher who really cared for me asked me, why is your self-worth so low? When I get down, I just go to the store and buy and buy something. My husband makes plenty of money, and I just feel so compelled to buy so many things. I love nice things, and my family always encouraged me to frequently spend and buy many things. My husband kids me about being so compulsively materialistic. Another. The other day, Uncle John and Aunt Maureen showed up from the coast. What a huge, expensive camper they have. They just spend months traveling all over the place. I was having a beer last night with John, and he told me that his pastor was disappointed when he refused to undertake some church responsibility for Mercy Works. He said, I told him, I can't take on those services and still enjoy my recreational pursuits. Another. Thanks for picking me up, Pete. Boy, I need a good workout. Harriet blew up at me last night. She said that she was fed up with my incessant, worrisome attention about little details about my life. She said I'm so perfectionistic about little details in my life and that I'm never really spending much quality time with the two boys, which in her mind is much more important than the little things I get involved in. Another. Boy, my friends at the club are really irritated at the pastor. He gave a homily where he mentioned that this country is so addicted to sports that it has reached the point it has reached the point of where it has become a false god or at least obsessive idol worship. My kids feel that they need to participate in all the sports at school. Do you realize how hectic that is for our family? When I try to limit it, they cry and complain that other kids' parents let them do this, and they fear that they will be rejected and pushed out of the circle of popularity. Brothers and sisters, sports is a good thing and has many positive features to its activities. However, it seems in this country it has become an inordinate preoccupation to some. All year long some go from one sport to another. It becomes the main manner of socializing and for some it has become a necessary escape from facing the pain of modern life and their own weaknesses and the distressing conflicts that happen in contemporary life. It can lead to a significant disorder in the relationships and well-being of family life. It seems for some it has reached the level of an idol or false god. For some, it has replaced the priority of worship of God on the Lord's Day, and that the Lord's Day is good for rest and spending time and conversation with those that we love the most. Here is a key way of determining what I, where I find the temptations to give in to the negative spirit of the world in my daily life. Where are my excessive and inordinate attachments in life? Is it food, sex, physical exercise, excessive need for comfort and protection, compulsive need to be loved and accepted by others, hidden seeking of approval from others, inordinate fear of rejection, power and control over others, inordinate personal relationships, excessive use of phones, Androids, iPads and other technologies, workaholism, inordinate need to accomplish acquiring accomplish things, uh, acquiring excessive and unnecessary possessions, living a life of false pretensions and undealt-with addictions, and also erroneous religious practice and attachment to rigid religious structure without, without, without highlighting a personal love and knowledge of God, etc. All of these things can contribute or be containers of a spirit, a negative spirit of worldliness. And these challenges directly pertains to knowing and following God's will in my daily life. Let us us take a look at the preparation that Jesus gave to his disciples at the Last Supper. Just as Jesus prepared and pre-planned for his disciples by way of sending them the Holy Spirit who will teach them all truth and give to them the strength to be chosen, called, called, committed and faithful against the spirit of the world and to ensure the disciples that they will have all that is needed to fulfill their mission as they establish the kingdom of God on earth. They will be empowered with the spirit and given the gifts of wisdom and also the gifts and skills and the active dynamic presence of Jesus in the world. No small task. The pre-planning of Jesus includes us. We are humbled and privileged to participate in the same empowerment and gifts which sustained the apostles. In the Catholic Church, we call that the apostolic charism. Therefore, we are called daily to do the will of God as active agents in renewing the life of the gospel in the church in our families, and in all the situations of our human life, all the decisions, choices, and behaviors. It is one thing to hear this taught or preached, but it is another thing to learn how to do it. It's hard. What is the next step in this process to make doing the will of God a practical thing in my life? It seems we should cut to the chase in this matter again and take a good look at the relationship of Jesus and Mary, especially at the wedding feast of Cana. Early in the ministry of Jesus, Mary tells the servants to do what Jesus tells them. They did, and the water was changed into wine at the wedding feast of Cana. Therefore, this gives us the basic principle of action to do what Jesus tells us. How do I know what he is telling me? There are some things about doing the will of God which are not hard to understand. But how do I know it is the will of God? What is it like to listen to the Lord and discern what to do? It seems to me it is easy to make mistakes in his attempt. And that possibility makes me a little nervous. How do I know it is the Lord who is speaking to me? I I have always tended to rely on myself in making decisions rather than on God. I was brought up that way. Sometimes I know what God wants, but when and how should I put it into action? These are some of the questions for sure. So let us try and get some clarity on some of the aspects of this possibility. As we begin the practical considerations of doing God's will, it's good to remember that the principle of grace always invites us to make good changes in our life. It is a known principle in the life of grace that God gives sufficient grace for whatever he asks us to do. In view of this original sin of humankind, both personal and social, we tend to our sin and weaknesses and discover that to do the good is always a struggle. Always. This encounter with the world, the flesh, and the devil, the early church fathers called spiritual warfare. The psalmist reminds us that our call is to surrender to God and He will do everything for us. May we turn from evil, learn to do God's will, the Lord will strengthen us if we obey Him. Quote, If you trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live in the land and be secure. If you find your delight in the Lord, he will grant you your heart's desire. Commit your life to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act so that your justice breaks forth like the light, your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait in patience Then turn away from evil and do good and you shall have a home forever. For the Lord loves justice and will never forsake His friends. See Psalm 37, verses 3 to 7. What are the areas in our life where it is relatively easy to know God's will? All Christians know where to go and what to do to find and know what God's will is and where it is revealed for them. Every Christian knows that you need to be born again from above by water and the Holy Spirit. This experience initiates us into what we know to be life and union with God unto salvation. God reveals himself in a special way through the Old Testament covenant to the Israelite people. God revealed the natural law to the Israelite people as a way he wanted humankind to live. The Old Testament covenant given to special people, is called for us the Ten Commandments. Jesus makes it very clear that he did not come to set aside the Old Testament covenant, but he came to bring it to fulfillment in the New Testament covenant, in his very person through faith and love in him. The New Testament reveals what Jesus taught and did in his ministry and his wonderful life was culminated in the paschal mystery which is his passion death resurrection and ascension and confirmed by the outpouring of the holy spirit at pentecost herein lies the vast majority of god's will for all christians for all christian people in our present day and age it is manifested in our various churches and communities if you really want to know God's will for your life, then make it your effort to pray and read the Word of God, both Old and New Testament, and become very familiar with the authentic teaching of the Christian community which within which you were baptized and have made the necessary commitments. Given this reality, which is a good thing, it does not completely answer the day-by-day practical discernment in one's daily life. It's good to know that we need patience and good discernment to know God's will. Quote, Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious food of the earth, fruit of the earth being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You too must be patient. Make your hearts firm, Unquote. See James 5, verses 7 to 9. God wants happiness, brothers and sisters, for all of us. He really loves us. He wants us to know human happiness. Yet there is the uncertainty of life. It's complete dependence on God and the necessity of submitting to God's will to help us know and do God's will and what is right. You have no idea what your life will be like tomorrow in terms of what we are going to do. Quote, if the Lord's will, we shall do this or that. If the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. This is the condition we should employ to qualify all our plans. It is part of the personal vision of our life, which we should consider before making choices and decisions for all our plans. In many ways, it is not difficult to know God's will in a given set of circumstances. The important thing is to be prayerfully seeking it. The grace of discernment each Christian receives in baptism and in the actual graces that one has because of their personal relationship with the Lord. These gifts are tremendously helpful in knowing practically what God's will is in a given situation, especially the charism of the discernment of spirits and personal discernment. These gifts aid us in knowing if the desire for a particular action is coming from a selfish part of me or a deception or temptation from the evil one or is coming from an inspiration from God, specifically the Holy Spirit. Quote, Beloved, do not trust every spirit, but put the spirits to a test to see if they belong to God. Because many false prophets and teachers have appeared in the world And this is how you can recognize God's spirits. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ come in the flesh belongs to God, while every spirit that fails to acknowledge him does not belong to God. Such is the spirit of the Antichrist, which, as you have heard, is to come. In fact, it is in the world already, unquote. See 1 John 4, verses 1 to 3. Now here's the kicker, and perhaps quite a challenge from one time to another, and we all have these incidences. Let me give an example here. In the last five years, I've moved every four or five months to a year to different locations eight times. In every one of those situations, by praying and discerning the circumstances, I pretty easily received a sense of what the Lord's will was, what to do, and where to go. However, there are three aspects necessary to know and carry out the will of the Lord in practical ways. The first is to have a moral certitude, which is a relative certitude, or knowledge, of what the Lord wants. The second is to know when to put it into action. And the third is how to go about doing it. On, on my, on for myself, in my personal life, for the most part, after embracing the physical and emotional challenges of moving frequently, being in my later years of life, I knew pretty much what the Lord wanted. Because I tended to look to the future a great deal, I would naturally expect a flexible time frame in regard to action. I would usually get a sense after a while that it was time to do something. I would hear from the Lord what I thought to be a direction or a guidance to a particular action. I thought I would hear or get a sense that the Lord said, it's time now. It wants me to pack. It's time to pack, yes. In over half of the cases, I would spend the next two or three months taking out an, uh, items out of storage containers that I needed to use. I really made mistakes in knowing when to move into action. This is how it is usually a little easier to handle because, uh, though I would say this, let me back up here. The how, the third point is usually a little easier to handle because things in that realm tend to eventually come together. They just fall together after I know the will and I know it's time to act and I operate on that. They just come together. The, and doing the Lord's will is uh, it's actually, we need to be consistent, but it's actually never perfect. It's, it always takes a struggle and it takes time and patience. And especially learning to see that the personal, the personal situations and circumstances of my life is a major way in which the Lord gradually reveals his will in doing or making personal decisions or choices. Hey, it's okay to make mistakes. It doesn't make the Lord unhappy. However, it is personally sometimes humiliating significantly inconvenient and sometimes costly. <clears throat> the more we practice discernment in knowing and doing God's will, the better we get at it. The main problem seems to be to learn how to listen to the Lord's various means of communicating to us, and by all means, it is important to consult other qualified people about the matter, especially those who are qualified to give good advice and spiritual discernment, at least in our important decisions. Also, we need to learn how to let the Lord lead. And then as a humble disciple, a servant of mercy, a pilgrim benefit, a pilgrim benefit of prayer and intercession, we follow behind the Lord. The Lord will lead and show us what to do if we are patient and give him a chance. Quote Isaiah 30.15 In waiting and in calm is your salvation. In quiet and trust your strength lies. A really important thing to keep in mind is to keep attentive to the circumstances of one life. In a significant way, the Lord communicates his will in these situations. When we seek and ask him, he will give us guidance and direction in regard to practical doing of God's will in the practical reality of the practical arena of our reality. Let's look at a personal, a practical, and a very real and beautiful situation. Since it is really a matter of listening and discerning and, and obeying and acting in trust and faith, may we return to the mentioning of the wedding feast of Cana. Mary says to Jesus, They have no wine. This statement was really hard for Mary, the mother of Jesus. On one hand, she was full of compassionate love, for the young couple who were running out of wine. A huge embarrassment. On another level, she knew in her heart, discernment, that it was time for Jesus to begin his short ministry. It meant for her stepping up on the road which would lead to his death. Jesus may have thought to himself on his part, I never do anything unless the Father is working. Jesus says to Mary, quote, Woman, what is this to you and to me? Unquote. My hour, his journey to his death and resurrection, has not yet come. Maybe in her heart she said to the Father, Oh, no, Father, please not now, please not now. And the father said back to her heart and to her mind, Yes, Mary, now. Discerning and knowing what the father wanted, Mary told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Jesus knew then that this is the will of my father. And he told the servants to fill up the water jars with water and go give them to the chief steward. And the water became wine, initiating wine, at a, at a marriage banquet, wine, initiating the will of the Father, the beginning of the final years of Jesus' very short historical life on earth. And the chief steward said this, he was most amazed, most amazed, he says, most give, guests give the best to their guests first. Most Wedding people give the best wine to their guests first, and after the cheaper wine later. But you have saved the best wine until now. God's will always does it better than our mere human initiative. In this incident, this very beautiful biblical incident, Jesus knew the will of the Father. In Mary's question, he discerned the time, now, and he knew it, and he did it. It is time for me to begin my hour, the short journey on the road to Calvary and the accomplishment of salvation for humankind.
0: Knowledge,
1: discernment, and action because of the will of the Father. See John 2, 1-11. to I would very much like to point out that this discernment process was right in the middle of a marriage situation, an espousal wedding banquet. It wasn't in a church basement preparing for a catechetical program, although that also would be a wonderful time to use a practical discernment process. In conclusion, Discernment is always easier if we have experienced some degree of spiritual renewal and empowerment by the Spirit. In addition to the overall context mentioned above, decision discernment of God's will for my life becomes a reality when it happens within the context of my vocational life. What is the vocation I choose that specifies the journey of my life unto salvation? In this context, the discernment of God's will in my choices and decisions becomes a frequent occurrence. It is helpful if I grow in mature self-knowledge and learn the method. If I am living a life of prayer and always strive to hear, hear the voice of the Lord, I will naturally and supernaturally grow mature in knowing, hearing, discerning, and doing the will of God in my life. May we pray. Father, we thank you for the beautiful gift of your merciful love. It is important to us that we know your will, hear your voice, and do what you ask. You have called us at this time in the church and world to be the disciples and servants of your Son Jesus. Just as you equipped your Son Jesus with everything he needed to do your will, we humbly ask you, your weak and humble servants, to live out your will in our life and in the life of our families. Vanish fear, laziness, and pride from our lives and grant to us the gifts which will bring love, Joy and truth to our brothers and sisters. We confidently beseech you these requests in and through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
0: The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend and to contact Father David. Email him at frdavidjt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.